Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about how you can handle the emotional triggers of your divorce. Whether we're talking about discussing the end of your marriage with your soon-to-be ex, going through mediation, figuring out your post-divorce finances, or even going to the courtroom and appearing in front of a judge, divorce is fraught with emotions and there's no escaping them. It's a roller coaster ride. We can't make these emotions go away. I'm not sure that we want that because they are telling you something, but wouldn't it be fantastic to know that you could manage your emotions so they don't derail you or harm the outcome of your divorce? The good news is that you can. My guest today is Teresa Lear-Levy. Teresa is an EFT master practitioner, law of attraction coach, and energy strategist. She's the founder of Becoming More Me. Teresa helps her clients overcome limiting beliefs, thought patterns, resolving fears, and navigating major work and life challenges with ease. Welcome, Teresa. I'm so glad you could join us today. Thank you so much for having me, Mandy. I'm excited to be here. So am I. I'm really excited to hear about this technique that you have for helping us manage our emotions. I wanted to just start off, I thought it might be helpful just to start off, I I said in my intro that sometimes we might be tempted to really like turn off our emotions or think that it would be great if we didn't have, weren't feeling them, but they're trying to tell us something. So I think, you know, maybe we could talk about why are our emotions important? Absolutely. And it's a big part of conversations about divorce, right? And divorce does bring forward a lot of emotions. So you're, you're absolutely right. That's pretty much hitting the nail with the hammer to say that they're, they're telling us something and there's always a message there with the emotion. And of course, if we were able to turn off of our emotion, we'd miss out on all the good ones too. And I do feel like, you know, you don't understand what happiness and joy are without understanding pain and suffering and without having a hand in kind of the shadow and the light of the different range of feelings and emotions that we have. And it's just part, it's a beautiful part of the human experience. It's certainly not, you know, we don't want to live in the suffering and the pain or any longer than we have to, or the frustration or the anger. But to really truly feel freedom in your emotions, you transcend through like a range of them in order to come out the other side. And I think it's more about learning how to move the energy of emotions. So emotions are energy in motion. And it's really when the energy gets stagnant or blocked that we have the feelings that are negative, whether that's physical pain or emotional pain. Right, right. And I think just to key off something that you had said, I had heard someone else say, you know, you can't selectively numb your emotions. So if you're numbing, and I like the 
like hard emotions because like all emotions are good. Although we like to think of anger and grief and bitterness as, as bad emotions, but they're good emotions because they're telling us something. But you can't selectively numb those because if you numb those, you also numb the joy. Right. Absolutely. And some of the, I mean, anger is one I love to work with people on, especially, I mean, in divorce situations, there's usually a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. Obviously, you wouldn't be in that situation if you were all seeing eye to eye and things were wonderful and the communication was perfect. So, you know, anger is, it's part of our channel to being empowered. And most people have grown up with some different opinions or beliefs about anger being instilled in them at a very early age. So, I mean, anything that is coming into our lives or being modeled from our parents, our caregivers, the people that are in our lives before the age of about seven is all just getting kind of written into our subconscious mind as fact. And, you know, with the different modalities I use, I work a lot with the subconscious mind. And so a lot of times we've been raised to think, you know, anger is bad, or we've seen the way that maybe people in our lives used it and feel like there's no way I'm going to be that person that, you know, throws my anger around or that hurts people with it. And the beliefs make us feel like it's it's an emotion that we need to suppress. And really, it's through transforming that emotion that we become empowered instead of disempowered, which is what happens when we hold the anger in or we try to, you know, control or manipulate it instead of allowing it to rise up and out in ways that don't have to be destructive or harmful to other people. Right. Right. Wow. So that goes to really looking at your emotions and particularly the hard ones and say, what is it that this is trying to tell me about the situation I'm in? Yeah. Which I think speaks to a lot of our need for self-compassion. And just a lot, you know, accepting the things with the technique that one of the techniques that we're going to talk about today, that the basis of it is really finding real love, acceptance and forgiveness for whatever the emotion is. Because quite literally, when you get to a place of genuine love, acceptance and forgiveness for something that you're feeling, it transforms the feeling. And there's there's freedom on the other side of that. Wow. That sounds really powerful. So the other motivation for learning how to to manage or I don't know if manage is the right word, respond to those emotions or to to we're say tap into the emotions. <laughs> because it, if you don't, when those hard emotions especially are particularly elevated, they block you from like thinking clearly, from Seeing, like assessing your situation. We don't sleep. We don't care, take care of ourselves. Right. They might interfere with our ability to do our job. Logic and rationality go out the window. Right. So then that's like, if, if you're in that place, that's a, a real good indicator that to get some help, some emotional help. Yes. And also to look at it through the lens of your nervous system, which is a lot of the way I like to work with people on their emotions, because usually people think it's all they, they can think their way out of it, which is really not the case. That would be me. <laughs> our, our, our brain is really interesting. And we, we do try to think our way out of a lot of things. But there's a lot of things we can't think our way out of. And emotions are one of them. I mean, we can tell ourselves all day long, like, it's stupid to be flying off the handle or, you know, I've got to go, you know, see my soon to be ex in court anyway. Like, why am I flipping out? Or why did I, you know, show up in this way and behave in this way when I know better? But 
Knowing better does not always mean that we do better. It sometimes can give us the data and the understanding that we need to kind of meet ourselves where we are and get to that next place. But it doesn't always mean that we're going to be different the next time the thing happens. We might just be triggered in the same way. But when we look at the way that our nervous system works and the way that our fight, flight, freeze, flee, fawn responses are, are triggered by these different things, and then we calm the nervous system down as we're working on the emotions, that's where, at least for me, I fell in love with this type of work and this way of working with things because that was when I actually shifted and would show up to a situation differently, whether that was with my ex because I've been through divorce or with my children and the way that I parented and maybe had a little bit of a quicker temper before I regulated my nervous system around it. Or even, you know, with my current husband, when we're working on things in our own marriage, you know, the way that you show up to something and the way that you feel as you show up to something makes all the difference in the world to the outcome. Right. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure story, you know, (laughs) if you could actually choose the different endings, but you know that you actually need to have the beginning be different in order to get to those different options. So, yeah, the nervous system regulation allows you to get right to the amygdala, that little tiny like walnut size part of our brain that's in charge of that fight or flight response and to calm that, which really does restore the rationality and the logic so that you can feel calmer. It helps you to lower your cortisol with with the emotional freedom techniques that we'll talk about. That's lowering your cortisol up to 43% in just 10 minutes. And that's stress. You know, I mean, you might be focused on using the technique to address a certain situation, maybe a hearing that you're about to go into or a conversation that you know is going to be difficult or something that you're already upset and fired up about. But as you calm yourself around that specific thing, every part of you benefits from your cortisol lowering and from your nervous system becoming more flexible and resilient to be able to shift between states. And is it really important to know why you're feeling agitated Like sometimes, you know, I think there might be some things I've experienced things going on in my life that I can't really pinpoint, but I know that I'm feeling tension because I've, I've got it in my shoulder here, Mm -hmm. but I can't really pinpoint exactly what it is. Is is it important to know that or does actually calming things down help you start to think, oh, well, this is what... Yeah, bothering me. I use kind of like the peeling the onion analogy here where it would be great if we knew that we were feeling this way because of and we had that answer. But I think just knowing that you're not feeling right and that you're frustrated or agitated or irritable or whatever is definitely enough to use techniques that calm the nervous system to feel better. And then, like you said, like through doing that, maybe that kind of peels back a layer and all of a sudden you have elevated consciousness around what might really be going on or you're more aware of it the next time that it happens. And then you can go in deeper. I always say with the techniques I use, they can I love that they can be used both as a Band-Aid. So let's say you're frustrated in the moment and you just want to not feel frustrated. That's that's like a Band-Aid moment. We're not really getting to the root of the problem there, Mandy, but we are feeling better. And what's more important than feeling good, right? And then maybe as you're able to, maybe you have more time or you're working with somebody on it, maybe you can then figure out the root cause and then not ever have to worry about it again in that particular scenario. But that's kind of more of like the deep wound clean out versus the Band-Aid. Both, I mean, you would never deny yourself a Band-Aid if you got hurt and you shouldn't. But if you have the time and the ability to go deeper, you can prevent the reoccurrence. Right. Can you share 
more about this technique. I think we yeah. thought that it, it's tapping that right. you have your clients use both at a ba- as a band-aid and as a deeper repair. Can you kind of share a little bit? I, I don't really, I don't know anything about tapping. I do have a friend who's referenced it before, but I don't know what's involved or. That's a great place of background. And a lot of people don't. Um, and it's it's so simple and and wonderful. So yeah, let me explain that to you because I love to use emotional freedom techniques, which is also known as tapping. So those are so not, those are the same thing. And I do subconscious mind work also with hypnotherapy. And I weave in like law of attraction to magnetize things and everything else. But the emotional freedom techniques part is a blend of ancient Chinese wisdom. The we use the meridian system in the body, which is the same system that they use for acupuncture or deep tissue massage or other things. So basically along these meridians in your body, which are all over your body, there are places where they kind of come together and can get blocked. So the source of any dis-ease in our body is an, an energy being blocked. So there's energy that gets blocked along these meridians. And by tapping them, literally like with our fingertips, we can unblock that energy. And we do that even more potently using the modern psychology element of tapping, which is to really focus on what the negative thing is and talk about it as you tap. So in the case of like frustration or anger, you might be focusing in on that while tapping the side of our hand, which is known as the karate chop point. And you and I will demonstrate this in something that people can actually see. But you would set it up by saying something like, even though I'm so angry and frustrated right now, I want to love, accept, and forgive myself. And you say a statement like that three times while you're tapping on the karate chop point. This is a point that's known to really help with what we call psychological reversals. Uh, And that's kind of like the when you know better, but you're not doing better sort of thing. And then we tap through the other eight major points that have been scientifically proven to help us pretty much unblock anything that we're failing. And that's the top of the head. And as we're going through these points, this is when we focus on the negative, which I love because so many times we're just kind of expected to just get over things. Like you said, numb it or yes. get about it or just flip it to the positive. But <laughs> it's really difficult to do that before we address the negative. So while, you know, and people always say to me, oh, Tracy, you're so positive. You're so upbeat. This must be really easy for you. And I'm like, but that's because I give the attention and the time to the things that really feel awful. And I allow them to move and release from my body. And that genuinely helps me to be positive and upbeat instead of just like sugarcoating the things that I'm burying inside of myself and trying to make it appear different than it is. So as we tap on the head and the eyebrow and the side of the eye and under the eye and under the mouth and uh, under the nose and under the mouth and the collarbone and under the arm, those are the points, we are basically voicing exactly what's going on. And that might be like telling a story, you know, I'm so mad that my ex did this, or it's so unfair that this is happening, or I can't even believe, you know, just filling in the blanks, all these things. We can be petty. We can be childish. We don't have to like make this. A- we don't have to be mature. No, it's Not beautiful. Adults. But yes, we get to just say how we actually feel and in no judgment. Okay. And also, yeah, it's beautiful. And as we tap through, we do that three times through those points. On the third time around, we might notice that we're starting to release a little bit of that tension. Maybe we're not feeling as angry or we're feeling a little more open. And that's when only if it's in alignment and feels right, we start kind of switching things to a little bit more positivity. Not total positivity, but whatever feels right. So maybe it's like open to the idea that maybe I can let this anger go 
or I can really see that this is not serving me in the moment right now. And I'm ready to release some of this anger and frustration. And you can just kind of feel yourself being able to get a deeper breath, feeling like a little more clarity. I always say that for me, the way that it felt the first time that I did it on something that really mattered was as if I had been in like the the area right up against the stage with a huge band that I wanted to see. And, you know, I'm right up there in the chaos of all of it. And it's great there. And then as I tap, it's even better because it's like I raise up almost to like the nosebleed seats, but I have the whole picture. So like when you're up against the stage, it's, it's got interesting energy, but also you don't have the whole picture of what's happening and you don't have any ability to really do a whole lot because you're in this big crowd and you're kind of closed in. And then as you do this, it's like this expansion happens and you can literally see everything that there is to see, almost like this map laid out in front of you. And you know what you need to do next. You trust yourself more. You feel safer and you can really kind of lean into where you want to go next. Wow. That sounds like it would be so, so helpful. So, you know, we have to take a short break, but I'm thinking when we come back from the short break, you're going to walk me through this exercise. Okay. This is Do Stay Tuned. My guest today is Teresa Lear-Levine, and Teresa is an EFT master practitioner, law of attraction coach, and energy strategist. When we come back from the break, she's going to walk me through this technique of tapping, which will be really interesting because, as I said, I haven't done this before. So do stay tuned. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your ring from a symbol of the past to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything, from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, visit worthy.com. We're ready when you are. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And today we're talking about handling the emotions from your divorce. Welcome back, Teresa. Thanks, Mandy. So we're gonna you're gonna help walk me through. Yeah, we're actually what we're, what we're gonna do when we are done with the podcast, you and I are gonna do a video version of what this looks like. And that can be accessed by listeners going to theprivatesessions.com, where they can get the resource. That will have the video of you and I doing tapping. And it also has, gosh, over 50 other tapping videos that I've recorded with other podcast hosts. So you can find something that works for you. And the most important thing with that is that we can talk about tapping uh, a ton on this podcast, and we will talk about it more. But to actually get your hands on it and do it makes the difference. That's when you actually get to experience the energetic shift that happens when you're using your own voice, your own body, your own hands to tap on the different meridians of your body and actually experiencing that change. So we are going to do that together in that video format so that it can be seen. But um, I can definitely, you know, talk with you more about different applications for this in the coming up for your listeners. If there's things that are typically problematic Maybe we can explore that a bit. Yes, listeners, we will put the link to the video in the show notes. So don't worry if you missed it and you didn't write it down, it will be in the show notes. So I was wondering with the tapping, like when would you do this? Can you use it 
in the moment, it sounds like though, like I was thinking, you know, as a mediator, sometimes things yes. come up in during the mediation that I'm not prepared for mm-hmm. and that kind of catch me off guard. And I'm maybe my clients don't realize it, but my heart's racing. Mm-hmm. Yes. As I'm trying to think, oh, now what do I do? I haven't run across this before. There was, I was thinking about that because I know that you and I discussed that when we were talking before recording several months ago, and you had mentioned that. And I was thinking there's a couple of ways that I would handle that if I were a mediator. One would be to prepare before the meeting and just kind of prepare yourself for that like anything could happen sort of situation with setting up your tapping with like, maybe I don't totally know what's going to happen here today. And no matter what happens, I love, accept, and forgive myself. Okay. And just for our listeners right now, Teresa is... I'm tapping the side of my hand. Side of her hand, <laughs> that karate point that she was... Yes. Yeah, little... so when, you're, when you're setting up, you tap there. So you set it up with something like that, or you could set it up with something like, even though I'm afraid I might get into one of those situations where my heart races and I don't know what to do, I'm open to the idea that I can handle this situation and I love and accept myself anyway. And you'd say something like that three times, and then you might just do whatever, say the things that would help you prepare. You know, who knows what's going to happen at this mediation today? And I'm tapping the top of my head now. And then I'm tapping my eyebrow and saying, gosh, you know, sometimes I really get caught off guard during these and I get a little bit nervous. And then and this might be for somebody who's going into talk to uh, attending mediation. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say this works the opposite way, too. I think everybody in a, in a mediation scenario can have the same sort of vibration about the uncertainty. Yes. The gosh, I don't know what to do or how to react and just kind of walking through that. So you can set yourself up beforehand to just be kind of more open, more centered and more grounded going into that so that you feel like you can respond better. And then in the moment, I don't know if your mediations or something like where you have a desk or something where you can kind of hide your hands or if you have, but, but you can always tap the sides of your fingers. There's actually meridian points on the sides of all of our fingers. I'm tapping them now, um, kind of right beside your fingernail. And I, I tell my clients who have like fear of flying or things where they actually need to be able to do this in the moment, but they don't want people to think they're goofy and sit there like right. tapping their head. <laughs> um, I'm sure that at some point in the not so distant future, that will just be normal. And people will accept that like this is a great technique and just do that. But they sometimes I'll say it for my fear of flying clients, just kind of like use a hoodie or something and just kind of tap the sides of your fingers while in your head, you're kind of going through the feelings that you're having and allowing them to release and taking a few deep breaths. That can be really, really helpful, too. But without having somewhere to kind of escape to in the moment, you need to kind of find a way to just center and ground yourself there and probably setting yourself up beforehand. Is the yeah, way. I was going to say, in a lot of situations, I, even if you were met, meeting with your soon-to-be ex, you might be meeting across a tabletop that you could put yeah. your hands underneath the tabletop. Right. Because you can use your thumb to tap on the sides of each finger. You can go from your index finger to your middle finger to your ring finger to your pinky, the inside, just with your thumb. So you don't even need to have your hands together. Or if you do have your hands together, you could use the um, index finger from one hand to tap the side of your thumb, the side of your index finger, the side of your middle finger, the side of your ring finger, and the side of your pinky finger, all just while sitting there and breathing and just allowing the emotion and energy to move through you. It can be really helpful in the moment to give you that that pause, that breath, that moment to maybe make a different decision or say something a little more rational. Right. How long does it take to see, to, to feel, I guess you probably feel, not see, but to feel a shift? Minutes, like sometimes even seconds. But 
a round of EFT, emotional freedom techniques or tapping, can take anywhere from like five to 10 minutes if you're doing like a full and complete round, sometimes shorter. Like if you're really doing just really short phrases in your head, two or three minutes even. The round that we'll do as a video example will probably more be more in that five to 10 minute range because I'll be expanding upon things in ways that, you know, somebody who's new to this wouldn't be able to do. But it can be very quick and it's not uncommon. We always like to get a measurement beforehand if we're actually like having the time to do this, if you're not just like jumping into it while it's in the heat of a uh, mediation or something. But if you have the time beforehand and you can kind of rate, gosh, you know, how frustrated am I on a scale of zero to 10 or 10 is the most frustrated and zero is I'm, I'm cool and calm and there's no frustration, rate that first, do a round of tapping and then rate it again. It's very common for people to go all the way from a 10 to really close to a zero in just one round of tapping. But that's something like if your soon-to-be ex had done something with the kids or something that you were really, really like forgotten to pick them up or something. Yes. You were really upset about and you wanted to have that conversation with them, then it's as much as you want to just let rip, it would probably be more effective to go through this tapping Yes. And if you then, take five minutes beforehand and actually get yourself to do it, it could be a beautiful difference. Sometimes the thing that people have trouble with is their resistance to wanting to do it. Because sometimes when we're in those emotions, we don't want anything to calm them down. We just want to let them have it. And yes. <laughs> and pick up the phone and say exactly what's on our mind and not worry about the consequences until later. So sometimes it's a matter of getting through your own resistance to showing up as more of an adult. And understanding that maybe if if you were able to approach this conversation more rationally, it could have a more productive outcome. Exactly. And that, be, the, that could be even some of what you're saying as you're tapping. You know, even though I just want to pick up the phone right now and I don't feel like doing this, I want to love and accept myself. And even though, you know, this is this is not what feels in alignment right now, I know this might actually improve the situation. And I love, accept, and forgive myself. And you might be tapping through this saying, I just really want the situation to be different. And I'm willing to pause for a moment in order to create a different situation while tapping through those points and just kind of talking to yourself about what's happening and what you would prefer to happen. And it really does change the outcome. So that really gets to my next point was like, once you've been through the tapping and your emotions are calmed, you can check in with yourself and then really explore, okay, well, what was that emotion trying to tell me about this situation? Which yeah. might not be, might be more than the, the surface. Yes. Yes. And yeah. just see, you see where it comes from or, you know, how far back this has been going on and triggering this kind of a response from you. That can be very helpful. So like, you know, my example of, somebody forgetting to pick up the kids, then it's like, yeah, they've never played a fully responsible, they've never been a fully responsible parent. I'm always the one that has to pick it up. The poor kids, why were they left there? This isn't fair. This is like, yeah. I can't be in a situation where I have to drop everything. And Yeah, and if that were the case or that were the type of thing that was happening and really causing the most distress to somebody... I would want to explore hypnotherapy and something too, because I'll bet that person probably had some things happen earlier in their life where maybe they were abandoned or where they were not treated in a responsible way and they feel so much more emotion towards that now. And by rewiring some of that subconsciously, that can really change things too. 
I was just thinking that some of the things that could be most helpful for people who are in these like heated in the moment situations and are willing to kind of show up for themselves would be uh, one point tapping, which is something I love. Um, my favorite point that I normally go to is the collarbone, which is really just kind of the chest. Like if you go down from your collarbone to that kind of sore spot on your chest and just kind of tap there, I just use all five of my, you know, my thumb and my four fingers and just tap there. But this is really good if you are like, let's say you've been through a situation and you're talking to somebody about it, whether it's your own therapist or, you know, your mom, your best friend, whoever, while you're talking about whatever bothersome thing happened, tap as you talk, because then you can be releasing the blockages as you're talking through the situation. And also you can use this, let's say you're on the phone with your ex or soon to be ex, what have you, and things are, you know, it's a heated conversation or it could be, tap while you're doing that to stay embodied and to kind of remember your desire to be rational and present. And, you know, you'll you'll feel more embodied as you do that. And it will also help you if something, you know, is coming up that would become a bothersome memory after the conversation to release it before it stagnates in your energy system. Okay. That's a that's a, a really helpful technique or a hint for us to something that we can do right in the moment in response to that, uh, those heated conversations that are so prevalent during this process. And you can pick one point and stick with it, or you can move around them. You can, you know, you can go from the top of your head or the areas around your eye, or you can even the back of our neck is a really good meridian point. Um, or you can work on those fingertip points or the side of the hand, just whatever feels good. Sometimes, you know, if you're having a long conversation, you might want to switch points a little bit. Sometimes it gets a little bit like, oh, my hand's falling asleep, holding it up here for 20 <laughs> minutes tapping on my collarbone. So just move to another point. But it does really keep you present. Um, and it's not just the actual tapping of the body that makes you present, but just doing this and releasing things in this way, I always have people say, and I felt this too when I started using this technique, that I had never felt like I was more present than when I actually do EFT tapping and I get into the moment, like where I am now, and realize that that is the present moment is the only place that any of us have any power. And most of us are spending our time either future tripping and worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next year, maybe never, or we're leaking our power to the past and all of these things that we've already been through that aren't happening at the moment, but we're not right here right now. And this is the only place that we can do anything. The only place I have any power right now is, you know, having this conversation with you. In the presence. Yeah. Wow. Teresa, we are up on time. So listeners, Teresa and I are going to do the tapping exercise. Teresa's going to record it. We will post that. To, Teresa's going to post it to her website. We'll post the link in the show notes. You'll be able to download that. So you'll get a, a walkthrough step by step of how Teresa's actually showing us how to do this. And Teresa, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Mandy. It was a great conversation. I appreciate it. It was. I appreciate it too. Thank you. This is my guest today was Teresa Lear Levine. Teresa is an EFT master practitioner, law of attraction coach, and energy strategist. She's the founder of Becoming Raw Me. She helps her clients to overcome limiting beliefs and thought patterns, resolve fears, and navigate major work and life challenges with ease. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. 
Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show. Please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned. Stay tuned.